I'd like to invite you, if you have your copy of God's Word, to take it and turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 4. If you don't have that with you, the Word should be on the screen. We're using the uh, New Living Translation today. And this uh, message is entitled, Rocks of Remembrance. Rocks of Remembrance. We'll be reading Joshua, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8, and then we'll skip down to verse 20. And I want to invite you in honor and reverence for the reading of God's Word, if you would stand with me at this time. As I read, you follow along on the screen or in your copy of God's Word. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took the 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. And then verse 20. Well, that's not what I meant to put, verse 20. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, Well, we'll start there, and if it's not all up there, that's fine. It was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the 12 stones taken from the Jordan River. Verse 21, then Joshua said to the Israelites, in the future, these children, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful and so that you might fear the Lord your God forever. Father God, take these words, we pray, and use them. May your spirit work freely among us. May you speak through me and may we all be open to what you would have us uh, to pay attention to, that we would change as you want us to change. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Rocks of Remembrance. We are here on a day in which we invite folks to come who've had a connection with us in the past, but come back and come and see. Remember what, is, what was done in the past, but also come and see what God is doing now. And I thought this morning I would share a few just highlights of the things that have happened here at Beersheba this last year. Uh, For those of you who haven't been around, and this is, of course, 
by no means everything, and, and I'm kind of leaving out all the regular stuff, um, even though it's wonderful things, the things like Easter services and Christmas services and Ash Wednesday and, and all the different things and VBS, all that stuff. I'm, I'm kind of leaving that out right now, and, and I'm probably also missing some things, but these are just a few of the things that I thought about. From those of you who haven't been here for a year, let's, let's take a, a look, and, and those of you who have been here, let's remember and think about some of the things that have been going on here over the past year. Since last year, our Facebook, our services are all now broadcast on Facebook Live. So if you miss a service, if you ever, they're live, but then they're also posted later. If you ever want to check out and follow a service, go to Facebook, to our, our page, and you can see those services. We've had new microphones. Uh, very nice cordless microphones have been added uh, to our sound system. And so you hear what God's doing in the music, and that's just added to it. We continued last year at this time. We had just started with electronic giving, where you can give through the app or online or, or, or through your cell phone, whatever. Uh, that now is about a third of our giving, of our contributions, come in through electronic giving. So if you don't see the person next to you put something in the plate, don't judge. They might be giving online, okay? Shouldn't have judged anyway, but hey. We've added in our sanctuary some uh, thermostats that can be, they're controlled electronically, remotely. Our elders have an app, and those elders who know how to use it can set the temperature from their homes. I'm not going to say they all have gotten on board, but gradually throughout the church, we'll be replacing all the old-time thermostats with those. Last summer, we took 24 uh, folks, uh, adults, uh, youth, teenagers, all the way up to folks into their 70s, uh, a group of 24 went with us on mission to Belize um, and had a wonderful trip there. Our old Christian education room has now been completely reorganized and is now used for maintenance and worship supplies and, a, and some adult Christian ed. Um, children have all of their stuff upstairs now. Um, a couple of our men, Doug and Tommy, also went on a different mission trip to Hattiesburg where they were rebuilding some homes. Our youth building, if you guys haven't been here since that was completed, and many of you have not, please go out to the youth building today. It was been completely remodeled and renovated everything just down to the walls, and it is beautiful. Uh, we dedicated that and began to use it at the end of the year, beginning of this year, but if you haven't seen it yet, Go out there afterward and please check out our youth building. It's wonderful. We did something different, new and different with our Monday Thursday this year. Uh, instead of the worship service that we normally did in here, we did a Monday Thursday meal. We did communion and a Monday Thursday big meal, fellowship meal, and it was wonderfully attended, actually about twice the number um, that normally come to our Monday Thursday. So as today proves, we like to eat, right? We come out when there's times for eating, and uh, that service went well. We have a choir practice room set up. We did not before. I think our choir had, had a practice room uh, once upon a time, and that got taken away from them. Poor, poor. Let's have a pity party for the choir members. On the count of three, okay? One, two, three. Oh, poor choir members. All right. But now we don't have to feel sorry for them anymore because when we got the new youth building renovated, it opened up some space. One of our adult classes moved to where the youth were meeting, 
And then uh, that opened up a room for our choir. So they have a practice room now. When they can't practice in here, if there's something else going on, they can practice in there. Um, and uh, they also, all of their stuff is now completely organized and computerized on a database. It's, it's amazing. Um, we have a new pianist, Jackson Yeager, and many of you heard him and are uh, enjoyed hearing how, how skilled he is. We're so glad for him. We have a new sound system in the fellowship hall. Uh, we have formed a safety and security task force that is now working to plan. And, you know, we're living a day and an age where you got to think about a lot of things that you didn't think about in the past. And so that's something that's going on and working. Our church library is another thing. Uh, down this first hallway, go to the right, and then the first door on the left, that has been really uh, completely categorized and organized, and it looks great, and, and you can go check books out, and uh, it, it's, it's really great. I urge you and encourage you to take a look at that while you're here today as well. And then some of the baptisms, uh, Anna Charles Hughes, Ann Thomas Hicks, Mindy Pumphrey Vi, new members, Jenny Cheney, Annette Wallace, Mindy Vi, Carolyn Harmon, Aubrey Leonard, and uh, so many other things I could mention, but God has been working and doing things in all sorts of ways here, and um, of course, we want to give him credit. You know, this Sunday, you see the red up here, and that's not just by accident. This is Pentecost Sunday, where we recognize and we uh, celebrate the fact that what we can do on our own without God is nothing, but with the power of his Holy Spirit, everything can be done. And, and we know that he does amazing things through his power, and so we give him credit for all those things. So we celebrate today. And I think that is in line with what Joshua would have us to do. It's interesting. This is the most famous example, but there's actually seven different places in the book of Joshua where rocks or stones are used, uh, are set up or used in some way as a sign or a signal, as a remembrance of something. And so these rocks of remembrance or these stones of remembrance kind of tell us something about how we should recognize the work of God among his people. What do these rocks of remembrance do? And by the way, we don't literally have to do rocks, but you could say, in a sense, that the bricks of the building, which we are dedicating today, are bricks of remembrance. They're two-by-fours of remembrance, sheetrock of remembrance. All of that stuff, as we dedicate it, it, it helps us to remember, it helps us to think about, to celebrate. What are these rocks of remembrance? How do they help us? Number one, the rocks of remembrance, they help us solidify our connection to the past. You know, all of us, we like to think we remember far better than we do, but we tend to forget. If we did not, God would not remind us of the same things over and over so many times in Scripture. Uh, he the Bible would be a lot shorter if he did not have to remind us many times about what we should do. He would not have told the, the people of Israel, take these commands and, and write them on your doorpost and, 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 and attach them to your clothes and put them everywhere. If he was writing to us today, he'd say, put it on post-it notes and stick it as a screensaver on your phone. We need to be reminded of what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. And so God told um, Joshua, and he told the people, he said, look, remember, just like God parted the Red Sea for Moses, 
Now God is parting this Jordan River for us again. Just as God was at work in the past, just as you think, wow, back in the old days, God really worked. God really did miracles. Guess what, people, Joshua said. Guess what, congregation of Israel? God is still the same God, and he is still working. He is still alive and active and powerful today. And so when we put together these rocks of remembrance, these uh, plaques, these buildings that we dedicate, they are to remind us of what God has done in the past, kind of shore up or solidify that connection to what God has done in the past. It also helps us celebrate what he's doing right now in the present, just as I just read off that list of some of the things, just a few really. There's so many intangible things I can't get up here and talk to you about marriages saved or talk to you about wise decisions that were made when people were counseled by their friends or, or those who went through tough times and, and then they were comforted and supported by God's people. I mean, those aren't numbers. They're not figures. And yet they're the things that God is doing, the work of God in lives as he draws them to himself and matures them. These rocks of remembrance, these things we do, they, they cause us to celebrate. He said, take these rocks, one for each tribe. And I was listening to a teacher. We had a men's group. Uh, we, we went through the past several Wednesday nights, and, and, and we actually went over this passage one time. And, and the teacher put something I never thought about. He said, don't you know they selected the biggest strongest, huskiest guy that they could get because nobody wanted to say, oh, that's small rock, that's Zebulon, or, you know, that's, that, that, that's a weak tribe or whatever. No, they all wanted some big guy, and they all got the biggest rock, the biggest stone that they could carry on their shoulders, and, and they carried them, and they put them in an arrangement to where they could be seen, and they celebrated what God was doing. But also they signified the work of God, the movement of God in the future. What was going to be happening? You see, he said, one day there's going to be people who don't exactly remember this. There's going to be a new generation that's born. And they're going to come along and they're, they're not going to remember. I, I know that they may hear about it, but you're going to have to explain it. Many of us now are kind of, who have children, we're kind of blown away when we think, well, when September 11th happened, when 9-11 happened, and we realize that there's kids now who are almost grown who have no memory of that. We, we realize how time moves and, and people forget. And the Bible says the kids are going to ask one day, what do these stones mean? I was doing some research, and I found that this scripture passage was used in 1925 in Chicago with the Moody Memorial Church, named after the great evangelist D.L. Moody. And, and back then, uh, they were using the King James Bible, and it, said, uh, it says, what mean these stones? What mean these stones? And that was the title of the message. And it's kind of funny. It sounds like something kids might say today, you know, what mean these stones? Some kind of slang they might use. Well, if your kids, if your children or grandchildren five or ten years from now, 
they may come up and they say, what mean this plaque? <laughs> what, what is this about? Jimmy Galloway wing. Who was that? And could he fly? Did he have a wing? I mean, what, what's this wing thing going on? What's this all about? And you get to explain what a wing of a building is. But then you have the opportunity to explain, you know, Jimmy Galloway was a man who loved God. And he lived his life full of passion and love for God and love for people. And he did things with excellence. And, and he, was, he was not the only one that, by far that had something to do with that building. But, but he was a person who just invested his life into young people. And now young adults meet in that building. And he had a part as being the, the chairman of the finance committee of raising money and of making this whole thing happen. And, and while you're reminding them about who Jimmy was, then you remind him, them, your sons or daughters or kids or grandkids, and, and here's what God did through him, and, and here's what we have now. You know, Pam asked the question, when we told her not, not long after Jimmy's passing, it was probably the very next session meeting we had, we decided that we wanted to do something in his honor. And we realized that even though that, uh, that extension, which includes uh, that addition, was extending the fellowship hall, building those two large classrooms, and then um, really upgrading completely that pavilion out there. We realized when we were talking about this that even though we've been using that for a few years now, I think five or six years now, we never dedicated that building. We never did a formal dedication, and we never named it in honor of anybody or anything like this. And so, but Pam asked the question, you know, I know everybody, I know you guys love Jimmy so much, but there's other people that have done so much. And she named names of others who have done so much. And and I said, you know, Pam, you're right. There's many people, and, and, and there's, not a, there's not a checklist that we have of who's going to get a building named after them. It's just something that God does. He does in our hearts when he impresses upon us. And our session unanimously felt like that the life of Jimmy Galloway and what he had done and how he impacted the lives of others was worthy of us for lack of better words, setting up rocks of remembrance. It was worthy of us saying, here is a memorial for a man that was used by God to touch the lives of others. One of the things I've realized as a pastor is, is that we don't celebrate enough. All throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament there is festival after festival after celebration. We can't even hardly keep them all straight. Even those of us who went to seminary somewhere, we're trying to remember all of the different special and holy days. You know what? We think of those old Israelites as boring, methodical people. They partied, okay? They knew how to celebrate a lot better than we do sometimes. But God, who has sent his son Jesus that we might have life and have it more abundantly, wants us to celebrate the good things that he has done. And today we're here to celebrate all the things that God has done in over 150 years. And we focus on those things that God has been doing over this last year. But we also praise him for what he did through the life of Jimmy Galloway and what he's now doing as young adults. We have one of the strong, by the way, if you're not aware of this, we have 
one of the, if not the strongest, faithful, young adult couple Sunday school classes in this entire area of any age church. And then there's downstairs now, there's a new class from some of us who kind of thought that being called young adult was getting to be a little bit of a stretch and we might get a funny look if we said we were in that class. And so they needed more room to grow. And so our class started a new class and we're called Seekers. Note that there's nothing about age in that name at all. So we won't have to change it one day. We'll just always be the Seekers class. But all of that work, it it just goes back and it reminds us of how much Jimmy and Pam influenced young adults and took them in. And and we're just grateful to God. We, We are here to remember and to think about what God did through Jimmy. But ultimately what we're doing here is we're thankful to God for what he's done. So today I encourage you, celebrate in your own life with your own family, set up rocks of remembrance. Maybe it's something, a piece of wood that you all drive a nail into. Maybe it's a a picture of a special event. Maybe it's something you all sign. Uh, There's a million different creative ways you can make these rocks of remembrance, but they ought to be something where you look back and either you remember or those who don't know what it's about are curious. Can't you imagine, do you think these rocks They weren't just something random. They were set up in a way, just like people now, when they go to England, they see Stonehenge and they say, ooh, what was that? What special meaning did those rocks in a circle have? What was going on there? And there's all sorts of questions and thought. God was doing that type of thing here through Joshua. Set these rocks up and people are going to come along and say, whoa, what are these huge boulders doing here in one big pile or circle or arrangement? However he arranged them, people were wondering, what's going on? And they could say, this is how God worked. Just like he worked in the past at the Red Sea, now, then he worked, and he's still working. Those rocks of remembrance cause us to celebrate what God has done in our lives. This morning as we come to the invitation or, or time of commitment, whatever you want to call it, um, we'll, I'll be down here like normal to pray with you if you need prayer or um, if you have a public decision to make. And certainly I always invite you to do business with the Lord, whatever he's put on your heart. But specifically I want to ask you to do this because after this time of commitment, we're going to dedicate... Um, this building, and I'm going to unveil uh, this plaque that will be hanging uh, on, on that far end of the fellowship wall where that uh, addition begins. We're going to be dedicating this, and you know what I've seen in Scripture? I studied this week the concept of dedication, and before God causes his people to dedicate a thing, whether it be the temple or the temple vessels, instruments that are used, or a home, There's all sorts of things that were blessed and dedicated in the Old Testament. But before people blessed or dedicated other things, God always called them to do something first. And that was to dedicate and consecrate themselves. Consecrate, dedicate, big words, but they simply mean preparing yourself to be used by God. Getting yourself ready by getting right with him. And so before we do this dedication... As we sing this hymn, and by the way, 
It's a very specific hymn for a reason because as we sing, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, there's a line in there that says, Here I raise my Ebenezer. What does that mean? has nothing to do with Scrooge, Charles Dickens, any of that. The Ebenezer is when you get over into a later book and you start seeing what Samuel did, the prophet, and he took an ebony, a stone. He made a rock of remembrance, and he named it Ebenezer, which meant the Lord is with us. Here I raise my Ebenezer, that is, here I commit myself to celebrating, to remembering, and to carrying out what God is doing. Because the point of all this is that the work of God, which was symbolized by the Ark of the Covenant, His presence, you know, it was what stopped in the middle of the Red Sea, it was what stopped in the middle of the Jordan River, that His presence and His work would never be stopped as long as God's people stayed close to Him. So if you would please stand at this time. And as we sing, come thou fount, you dedicate yourself, you prepare yourself to be used by God as we prepare to dedicate this building.